Fresh off her title win, 47 kilo goat, Heather Connor. Thank you for joining us. And we were just talking. How you feel, champ? terrible <laughs> without context people be like what can i say something you look amazing your your, your lips look like you you got work did but it's all natural now but yeah, it <laughs> it's all just allergic reaction so just save your money <laughs> <laughs> that's right just just eat peanut butter if you're allergic to it whatever <laughs> yeah. um so you're feeling rough like the last week was a bit of a obviously ups and downs um where should we start? Should we talk about prep? Should we, do you want to tell people how you're feeling right now? Because some people might have seen your Instagram story like I did and were a stitch alarmed without context, but I, cause I was, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I know I posted a story um, and there have been some people that reached out to me and then, then you see me in the hospital, which those, those two didn't correlate, thank goodness. But um, it's, you know, it's been a stressful over a year it's it's one of those kind of things and um you know not to get too personal like there are some family matters with my mom where you just don't know where it's going so I think like the stress just trying to you know cope with that like in the grand scheme of things I would tell my mom every day that I'm competing at nationals but every day she would forget Mm. so it's um I mean even when I was in Daytona she was like so how are how are you doing how are butters and pancake and I wasn't even at the house to tell her I was like oh I'm in Daytona she was like oh okay and you know it just it hurts because she was such a, a big thing for me for every competition I call her before I warm up and I call her after my final deadlift and now it's to the point where is she even remembering that I'm competing on this day? So a lot of competition day was me spent just talking to her. And it takes a toll on you mentally because it's like, I know that she has her memory issues and it just becomes like a repetitive thing. And I try not to get upset with her about it because she can't help it. Mm. But, you know, it's... um uh, that's been going on for like a while so it just doesn't get a little easier you know it's just a big thing so I'm, I'm really thankful for like these pictures and these videos and stuff I get because then she can have something herself to hang on to mm. and um so I'm very I'm very appreciative of that I don't think she knows like, <laughs> I, just, I can sometimes joke about it like I'll talk to her every day but then she'll be like so when are you going to Daytona I'm like <laughs> you know you know what the well i mean i know you mean where it's tough day to day you do have to sometimes joke about it to add like you can't lose sight what life is right um yeah i mean worse comes to worse you could always just make up what happened if you had a bad day too it's yeah, always and then it's like oh great like so this is messing with me let's you know i was minding my own business yesterday and i was like man I, I think I need to go to the hospital. I don't, because something's not right. And, you know, it was, it's been like almost three days where I could not even eat. I think I've eaten like yogurt and try to force feed myself, but I don't think I've even getting like 800 calories in a day. Holy smokes. That is yeah. very low. Mm -hmm. What are you normally at? Because you're like obviously a small person, but. I think around like maybe 2,400. 
holy smokes you can <laughs> eat a lot. <laughs> holy smokes Heather you're like half my size and you're eating like not quite as much as me but okay so this is low even for yourself this is extremely low yeah because like with the whole like kidney infection thing like I started getting like a temperature and like my I mean it was up to one-on-one one-on-one yesterday Hmm. And it was the medicine that they gave me to bring down the temperature that gave me this cool Botox. On my lips. Look good though. Look great though. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's just been a man. It's been a process, and even today, like they they've given me medicine to kind of open up that area, and I have to go see a, a gastroenterologist next month. But um, I think I've only. Yeah, I've only eaten yogurt today. So is is this something that you had been dealing with, um, like the physical elements for quite some time? Not to this extreme. Um, like sometimes, and I would mention it in post where like after, like, so I fast, I fast before I train, but sometimes when work would get so hectic, like I couldn't eat when I wanted to. So I ate when I could. Um, and then I would have to go training right afterwards. So to have the abdominal pressure for my belt just felt like everything was going to come back up. So I'm like, man, you know, maybe I shouldn't have eaten at this time, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I was really focusing on that and making sure like, no matter what during the day, I could get the meals in when I needed to, and, you know, try to work my training around that, even if I had to go a little bit later. So I was training fasted instead of just maybe an hour out from eating. I did the same thing in nationals. <laughs> and, it, and it, does the food just not quite like processing in your stomach or is it? Yeah, like that, like, so I have an infection in my intestines, like with like, you know, when they say like Crohn's disease and everything like that, like it's just, um, it's, it's just a, a gastric in, infection to where sometimes you just can't process food correctly. Um, then you can have flare-ups that will send you straight to the hospital. Like I can't have like a lot of acidic or citrusy food, um, that will make my stomach like swell to where I look like six months pregnant. Holy smoke. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was one instance at work where like the PTO came and gave us lunch. Of course I saw brownies. I'm like, hell yeah like I, that's where it, that's the first thing screw the food I went right to the brownies yeah and so this was like 2019 before COVID but I went in the lunchroom where my kids were and I'm eating and I'm like man something doesn't feel right like I could just taste like something in that brownie so I like went back to that room I was like what is in this brownie and they're like oh uh citrus fresh off who puts freaking citrus and brownies what monster <laughs> what are you a monster who put citrus and brownies <laughs> and then like it was clockwork like 30 35 minutes later my stomach had swelled up to like the size of a balloon and i had to go to the hospital for that so um it's never the only reason i went yesterday was because there were consistent days where it just wasn't going away mm. mind you i haven't been like training training so there was no reason for it to stay. So I was like, man, let me just go ahead and see what's going on. So I just took myself on. <laughs> it's it's good that at least like you're young in your prime, obviously in shape. Like there's um 
I, I like I follow MMA, jujitsu, and stuff. And like the greatest grappler of all time, he's around your age, in his prime, and he's dealing with stomach issues. And he was on the Joe Rogan show, and he was talking about it, saying, um, like he, he's doing fasting, like you do. I don't think he's got the same thing as you, but just it's tough. He was just talking about how difficult it is to work around a stomach issue when it's processing food, because. Um, the food is your calories is the gas in the tank. It's the, it act contributes to your hormone levels. It contributes to like so much of who you are, how you deal with things. If you haven't eaten well, it'll affect your sleep. It'll affect how you deal with stressors. So it's just going into where, yes, if I tell you, I can't meet training because of nausea, um, that's the one, but then long, like bigger picture, if this is a reoccurring theme, it'll affect me on a lot of different levels. And it's more difficult than people might take when I say like, yeah, I couldn't right. train. Right. So he was, uh, it was interesting hearing him talking about it. And um, I mean, he's dealing with it, doing a bunch of different things. Like fasting was a big one too, where you're almost picking your spots. Like if I'm going to feel this way, it's tough, man. It's a tough thing to it work is. around. It's really tough. And people that know I'm fasting, they're like, well, what are you going to do a national? What are you, are you going to do a nationals? You fast while you train. I was like, well, I don't compete till one. So weigh-ins are at 11, which I didn't care about weigh-ins. I weighed in at 99 pounds, but I ate breakfast like I normally would that day. My, my eggs, my toast, I even had an energy drink. Um, and so when I went to go weigh in, I just had that yogurt. And then two hours later, I wasn't eating anymore. Like I didn't eat again till bench. That's tough. And that's just because I was getting kind of tired. So. It's, it's a, so it's almost like when you show up, you're not sure what you're going to be dealing with. Right. That's so, like, I gotta be really careful about what I'm eating. And like, there was one place down there. I got some chicken tacos and like, I opened it up and there was like avocado just right on it. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I cannot have avocado. Yeah. And so it's just, I have to make sure that whatever I'm eating, there's nothing that's minor in there. Um, so it comes with a, a lot of questions. And sometimes I will meal prep, but I drove down to nationals. I like driving places. I like the road trip. Um, so in hindsight, it would have been easier for me to meal prep. <laughs> that's an eye roll for the audio listeners <laughs> i know but i didn't want to <laughs> yeah well it's just it, i had other things in my mind you know it, it's it's also easier said than done because you're a national champion and you're going to be on a national team and when you it's one thing to be doing this kind of thing like when you're in the u.s you could read every label and um you're familiar at least with like brands that you might buy at a grocery store etc but I've told the story before when I was in, um, like, I know we met in Belarus, like that uh -huh. would have been a total different, the language doesn't look at all the same. When you're looking at signs, you're like, I am lost. I am totally, I remember trying to buy water that was distilled and didn't have minerals in it. And I ended up buying fizzy water. And that's what I was going to be drinking. I was like, what the shit is this? And um, I remember trying to buy electrolytes in Sweden and this is Sweden. So it's a little closer. I speak more English is more uh, mm -hmm. prominent in Sweden. Mm -hmm. And um, I was trying to buy electrolytes and I was in a store and it looked like a health food store. And I was like, I was in the, the cash out aisle and I had it in my hand and I saw the name electrolyte in there. Mm -hmm. And then before I left, I turned to the guy behind me. I was like, do you speak English? He goes, yeah. And I go, this is electrolytes, right? And he's like, 
my man, that's fucking pool cleaner. <laughs> I was like, I almost, I almost died like a rock star in my hotel room that day. Like, I, it would have been disastrous. So, um, I can only imagine when for you a small bit of citrus in the wrong thing. Like, yeah, if you're at a bakery or you're at like you're out for you're at, you're having breakfast at the hotel or you're just trying to buy even like the the brands we're used to here they have similar brands but the same there so you're like this looks similar to what I'm used to eating if you just go to the grocery store but right. you don't know and you might not be able to read like what's in there and it's it's tough grocery stores are so different when you're traveling like I think I know exactly what store you were talking about because that's <laughs> probably the one I ended up at and I was just I remember I was standing they're just about to cry <laughs> because I'm like, they don't got pop charts. They don't got this. They did have these little like bread slices. So I was like, well, I'll make a little sandwich. But yeah. then I was looking at this tube and here comes Jessica. Um, Bittner from Canada? Yeah. Oh, no shit. She was like, what are you doing? And I was staring at some like tube of like lobster cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what is this <laughs> like it's you know different cultures different countries they have their food that they like and I just couldn't understand it <laughs> yeah it's uh I just I lived off of peanut butter sandwiches and fruit the only I got only what I knew for sure was what it was now in Belarus they could have told me it was chicken. I'm like, that's not chicken. <laughs> that's not fucking chicken. Don't you lie to my face. That's not chicken. I, so, but for Belarus, I made sure to pack like protein bars and stuff like that because I knew, I, I, I typically do my research before even going over there. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I've packed a lot for Belarus. <laughs> it's um like when you get there, you could try to ask people around like, um, I remember, I don't know, I think it was uh, after I, I I was talking about my situation with the waters. And then when you tell other people, they're like, if when you eventually did find distilled water, because you're cutting weight and you, you need it to mm -hmm. be distilled, people like, where'd you find it? And then word disseminates where it is, what it looks like. Here's here's a picture of the label. Make sure it's this one. Like, you know, you start passing it around. Yeah. So people start helping each other out. So it's not, right. it actually brings us together. When you go to a place um, that is like literally foreign to you, but figuratively right. speaking, it's all foreign to you as well. I'm talking to guys that like, like Brett Gibbs who's on the other side of the world. And just in passing, when you're at the venue and you're, everyone's checking out the venue, like, Oh shit. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you never feel more connected than when you're both in a situation where like, hey, you found yeah. distilled, <laughs> you found distilled water. Cause everybody's on the same page. Everyone's on the same schedule. You know what I mean? Where you're like, yeah, let me help you. Yeah. Know, I do remember that being a hot topic in Belarus, finding that water. Yeah. There was a lot of people trying to cut weight. Well, and I mean, I'm thankful yeah. I don't ever have to have that issue. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> it's a, it's a, Heather, I'm telling you, it's a son of a bitch. It's tough. <laughs> when you have to cut water in a foreign place, you got to find like a hotel or a bath or it's, it ain't easy. Have you thought, is it nerve wracking for you to be like, man, I don't want to deal with this kind of shit while I'm on the road in a different country. If I have a flare up because something snuck into a brownie. Yeah, it's tough. That's, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like I said, in Sweden, I only got what I knew for sure was that item. I mean, can't really, you know what peanut butter is. 
Yeah, you would hope. I mean, I don't freaking know Not anymore. Really too much changing, and then the bread, like that's pretty basic. Yeah. But um, just yeah, that's why Jessica walked in looking at just me staring at them. I'm like, I. Yeah, she's like, you're like, you don't understand what can happen to me if I eat the wrong thing. She's like, you are mesmerized by that fucking lobster cheese. No, and then. And then one of the coaches for Ireland, like I was sitting here playing around with that peanut butter, like making my sandwiches. And um, one of them has said something. And I, of course, was aggressive, like I'm normally am in my <laughs> bag. But I was like, dude, I will throw this peanut butter literally at your face. And he's like highly allergic to peanut butter. So. Well, that was a death threat. You were like, listen, homie, I'm not, this wasn't a death threat initially. I just wanted to assault you. I didn't, I didn't even know that. until afterwards. I was like, dang, my bad. But oh, shit. yeah. How, uh, how, how much better is it that we're going to Sweden instead of Belarus for you? Um, okay. So I don't, have to worry about prostitutes at midnight. Um, <laughs> um, I hopefully don't have to worry about an American getting tossed out of the building. Yeah. You know, that's not the greatest news to hear when you, you arrive somewhere. Right. <laughs> like, got it, I'll stay in my room the entire time I'm here. Um, it's It just feels like a weight is off my shoulders. Um, I just, I couldn't see the IPF really just going through with keeping out this country when like, I mean, you can simply Google the country itself and everything that's going in it. And as far as like safety goes, I don't think it was a safe option for any country really to be traveling into. So um, I think Sweden's beautiful. I think my experience last time there was great. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited to be back there. Very excited. And things worked out pretty well last time you were there. Yeah. It's going, to happen. it's going to happen again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So let's talk about what was leading into the this U.S. Raw Nationals then. Um, how was training going into this? Training was going really good. Um, I started trying to break in my customized belt. And, you know, that probably wasn't the greatest idea I've ever had because it was just like destroying my hips. And I was like, man, if I just push a little further, like the the hip pain and everything like the belt were breaking well it just wasn't so i tossed that belt to the side and essentially like it did affect my squats for a few weeks like i just had to tell myself like don't push it um just take your time with it and it started to come back when i started um, engaging my other belt um so that was like a no-no on my part but um training was going really good um of course compared to my last competition, like my deadlifts just blew up. Um, and people are, the, the main question is like, how did your deadlift go up so high? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, you were, it seemed for a while that every week we were like, holy shit, here we go again. Well, so I like, I am very critical when it comes to my technique. And I will record everything. And as soon as I'm done, like I'll be looking at my phone, like, you know, where can I pinpoint what was going on here? Mm. And because it's like a, I want to say like it's an OCD thing to where, okay, this didn't feel right. Let's see why it didn't feel right and what I can do to correct it. Um, mm. I feel like a lot of people, 
they will push it off as an excuse like, oh, I'm tired. No, I'm not tired. I know I'm not tired. Something. Why is my knee going like that? Let's fix that real quick. Um, you know, people are quick, quick for that excuse. And then here comes their nationals recap where like, oh, I didn't do great because, well, you didn't do great because you saw your videos. <laughs> Everybody else did too. Don't, don't say that. You know, I knew I was probably going to get a little messy on this uh, podcast, but we got to stop doing that. Just say it once your day. And go, like, I always said to people, like, especially with my scoliosis, if it, if they weren't having an excuse for like putting off as their scoliosis, they're going to find another reason as to why they didn't do good. And so just taking accountability, like, look, just it won't there today. You know, I don't compete well under pressure. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know the people that don't compete well under pressure. It's like, I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, it's like some people are so predictable when they're about to compete. And that's why when I saw some of these rankings, I'm like, are you crazy? And, you know, I came after you a lot of times. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I, know. <laughs> like, it was, it, I mean, it's, I got to take accountability as a podcaster too, but it's, it's, there was some hype. There was some hype mm -hmm. where, um, on a, some people, some of the numbers were definitely inflated based off of training and, uh, yourself, but a lot of people were saying, look at, I get it. You hype things up a little hyperbolic here and there, but it wasn't just me, but, uh, you, some people were saying like, I think this is being overinflated. Some of these numbers, it doesn't, there's a pattern here and it doesn't work out like that, especially on the national stage. Everyone thinks the podium's going to look like this with all these inflated totals. And it's like, it yeah. doesn't happen like that when you go to world nationals. It doesn't. And I tried to explain that to somebody the other day and, you know, they didn't even argue with me. They're like, you know what? You're right. I know. But <laughs> like, so they're like, why didn't you get the 200 kilos? I'm like, dude, I'm used to getting 200 kilos on a deadlift training day. Right. I'm not used to getting 200 kilos on a max out squat, max out bench, max out. Like at this point, there's eight competitors. We started out with nine. Now it's eight. It's going by super fast. So to even get like 192 and a half, 424 pounds, like I'll take that on any given day, you know? Um, so I think that's where you see the inflation numbers because people do so well in training because that training day is solely based off that one lift. You know, typically my um, deload weeks, we do a heavy single and squat bench and deadlift. Um, so throughout the week, I'm hitting those numbers. It's not on that set day. Mm. And, um, so when it comes down to, you know, game day, that's where we can see where I'm actually at as far as like how much my body can handle. Now we do do SBD days, but, um, it could be like a heavy squat, kind of lighter bench and then a deadlift accessory. It's never like Ashton, who you will see just max, max, max. I mean, great for him. Like he does it amazingly. Um, but uh, my body, it, it wouldn't be able to handle all that. So. It's, um, yeah, people do not take into account when you go in just a deadlift, a one max rep deadlift, mm -hmm. that's all you had to do. Yeah. You're not maxing out on squat, <laughs> bench, 
So that's not going to carry over like a direct transfer. Like some people think it's going to be. And when they're like, did you have a bad day? No, you just had a day. Your body is under far more duress than you normally would be at the gym. Excitement levels, the adrenaline dump from it all because you're competing. Can you maintain, or can you actually be like, don't go all out that much. Are you cutting weight? Are you traveling? Is there a time zone change? Did you fly? Is there jet lag? And then if you try to train for it, I talked to Jason Trombley, who's Taylor Atwood's coach. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, what would be the fix for that? Like SBD days? And he's like, well, you can, but here's the other thing. Some people, like you said, like an Ashton can do an SBD day, but other people, if you do too many SBD days thinking, well, it'll, the training should mirror comp so that I'm ready for it condition wise. He's like, however, if you train like that consistently and your deadlift is always lasting your training, then your deadlift starts slacking because you're fatigued every time you get to the deadlift you're fatigued on it so he's like there's a drawback it's not that easy yeah it's so not. yeah it's, such, it's yeah. not and the thing is somebody says well what happened? i was just tired <laughs> like, yeah i wasn't gonna not load 200 kilos like, i could i have loaded like 197 and a half one even 190 absolutely but i wanted to go after 200 you know, that's the number I've hit it before, but again, it's on just those set training days. Um, I've never had to do it in a competition before. So I want to at least throw it on the bar. So you would have been the lightest person ever to have pulled 200 keys. Is that right? Oh yeah. By a, by a good chunk, I think, yeah. because yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think even joy, who's a, a deadlift phenom, a week class up in the 52s, she never, hit, didn't she only hit it as a 57, I think, if as I'm not 57. mistaken. So even, even in the weight class up, they had never hit it. Like, that's just, this is a big goal you're chasing to hit 200 keys. Yeah, like, it's great that I can hit it in the gym, but I know it's going to be even better being able to hit it on the platform. And that's one of my main goals to do in Sweden. Like, I'm still going to chase after it. Mm. I mean, 2020, I said, well, I'm going to pull... 200 kilos by the end of 2020. Sure enough, I did. Mm-hmm. And then I did it again. So if I think, I think that if I continuously tell myself that, I'm going to find a way to do it. it it's like a self, <laughs> do you do affirmations like that? Do you do like, yeah. um, do you do mm-hmm. it purposely or is it just not comes natural to you? This is how I think anyways. And then purposely. Do you see that's, I, so the mental thing, a lot of people don't talk about and you, they feel I don't know if some people feel funny about it, but I think a lot of people actually do like these affirmations. People do affirmations whether they know it or not, whether they talk themselves out of things in day-to-day life or talk themselves into things. Your perception is your world. Your belief is your world. It's true. Well, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you not get anxious before accomplish? I'm literally anxious every day of my life. This is normal for me. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) But because like, you know, I do suffer from PTSD and depression and stuff like that. Like I'm constantly having to talk to myself. I'm constantly having to reassure myself and feed myself those affirmations. Like I do it on purpose. So I don't have mental breakdowns, Mm. you know? So it's, it's not an unnatural thing for me to go like pull a whole M&M and eight mile and go talk in the bathroom to myself. There'd be people just really trying to enjoy themselves in the bathroom. I'm sitting here just really go after it. So it, it makes it um like like the this the expression and I'm sure you probably heard it before there is no bravery absence of fear. So if you were never afraid you didn't do anything brave. So some people go through these competitions 
and try to fluff off that they were, they were never nervous. They were never anxious. They were never, well then also guess what? You weren't very brave either because yeah. you didn't have to overcome anything. Yeah. And the person who um, feels that fear and anxiety and then is doing what you're doing at, at another level, nationals, world championships, and still doesn't back down. Like there, are, uh, everybody has felt anxiety and depression at yeah. some point. It may not reoccur or it may not whatever, like be a prolonged, but every, if you live life, this is unavoidable. Yeah. Anyone who says I've never felt anxiety or gone through a depression period in my life just means like you're fucking too young and haven't lived yet, but it's coming. <laughs> yeah. it's, I got news for you. <laughs> life has got a way of saying hello. Um, so when someone like you openly talks about, listen, I deal with some shit and um, on the personal side, some things going on in my life. Cause again, health to loved ones in the whole nine is going to come. And um, when you openly talk about it and then they still see you doing what you do at the U S nationals, breaking a record that held since 2015 by a lifter that is an Olympic gold medalist, a world champion in classic, a world champion in equipped and a world games champion in six year record is forever in powerlifting yeah. these days. And despite everything you were dealing with on the personal side, physically, and then when everything's perfect, you still have things you got to deal with. You show up and get your fucking job done. And you don't just show up and the sun shines your way. You had to consistently get your job done, despite how you feel physically, mentally in the gym training day in, day out, show up dealing with it all and be like, I'm here. And if I got to talk to myself in the bathroom, I don't walk away. I don't, uh, <laughs> I, if, if I got to check myself and you happen to be in the bathroom when I'm checking myself, you could think whatever you want to think, but you don't know what I deal with. Yeah, you don't know what I deal with. And then when they hear a podcast like this, you know, if you're that person who was in the bathroom and you heard that, you'd be like, fucking hats off, man. I yeah. actually take away. I like that gives me strength. Like it's good when people open up and talk about it, but um, yeah, it, it's, a. Uh, I think we all deal with some things, man. We just don't necessarily mm -hmm. talk about these. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know I never try to put myself in my own category because I know people have their own struggles and I know people may not be okay with opening up about it, but mm -hmm. for me, that's always helped me. Um, you know, it was at a point where it was just little minor things and I'm like, okay, it's minor, it's minor. And then those minor things built up to a bigger thing. And then when the big thing actually did happen, like I thought I was losing my mom, mm. like right before COVID happened, like I, I thought I had, she was gone. And it's like, you, you never are prepared for that. So to have all of that happen at one time, it's like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> you know? And then here I am getting used to my mom's situation. Like, I'm learning new ways to talk to her. I'm learning new ways to cope with her. Grandma gets cancer. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 hard to not ask, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening right now? And the kind of person I am, like, you know, I just I want to do everything I can for them. And then you have COVID year at school. And that in itself was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> you know, rules were always changing. They didn't know what they wanted to do. Um, I went from like first grade to kindergarten, to first grade to third grade to first grade because teachers were quitting left to right. And they mm. needed people to be able to fill in these positions and they didn't care how you want to fill it in. Mm. So some days, like even leaving work, I'm like, damn, 
I don't want to go work out. You know, I'm going to go ahead and order this pizza, watch my 600 pound life or quarters, and I'm going to feel okay. I'll go train tomorrow because I knew if I were to walk into the gym trying to train where I was just mentally not there, that training session, if it would have messed up, oh God, it would have really just damaged my whole day. It's, 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 um, I mean, we all have different aspects of life. You have like professional, you have personal life, you have your like hobby sports style, which is more in the hobby sport for you. But like, um, you know, we all have this. And if one thing is going bad, if, uh, the professional life, let's say is really tough, but the home life is okay. And then the extension of home, life, the family life is okay. Uh, everyone's healthy. And then, um, you know, maybe the sport life you're doing is doing good. You can handle but then every, so these things happen. You're like, well, this is kind of shitty, but this is good. So you, you focus on the good. The toughest point in life is when you have like of the four, a few of those start ha- getting rattled. And then the last one that you have might be the training. Like you said, where you're like, got you. I still have training. But if I go into the gym right now, the way I'm feeling, it's better to not look beyond that door. If I have a shitty day, I don't know if I have a shitty day, if I don't go there today. And this isn't, this isn't about like, well, you just show up. Well, guess what, man? Like you're talking to a national champion, world champion in yourself. You know, you know what it takes. You'll be all right. I miss yeah. a day. I come back. I'm fine. Um, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. You realize it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it gets difficult. And uh, um, I know with like the, uh, my buddy of mine is a teacher. And when COVID hit, it, it, it did become extremely stressful. Um, and the type of pressure that, co- that goes on to you. Yeah. It's a hell of a balance, man. Last year was a bit of a a shit show. And yeah, I had teachers reaching out to me. They're like, how do you do this? How do you balance what you are going through and then training? I had goals already in my head. You know, the goal was to win nationals. The goal was to get that world record total, unofficially, of course. I was going to figure out a way to do it regardless. You know, if you want something bad enough, you're going to find the time to be able to do it. Mm. You know, it could be right after work. It could be a few hours after work. You know, a lot of the people that, um, who are national champions, they're online coaches, you know, they have, and I'm not saying that's not a job or anything like that. Cause it is, um, you're doing a service for people, but they are able to be more flexible with their time, you know, and, I don't, I don't have that privilege unless like it's summertime (laughs) and, um, I can really focus on, you know, my training right now, but, um, you know, it just, it just comes to a point where how bad do I really want it? You know, I can take this day off. Well, let's see how we can go about this the next day to make sure that we're not in the same position. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, there are days where it's like, okay, she was able to handle this first day let's go after her again, the same exact way. And you just gotta, you gotta put it to the side at that point. I took two days off on training one time thing. I mean, cause it was like back to back days where it was just rough. I was like, okay, I'm going to go in on this third day and then bam, here comes life. And it's like, are you? Take this whole week off. And, you know, I just, you, you get it in where you can fit it in. Sometimes it would be at home. Sometimes it would be at the gym. You know, it just, COVID year was terrible for teachers. <laughs> so. a, a, a tough thing with COVID too, 
a lot of us, like I'm in Ontario, so in every, like state to state, it changed. Um, mm -hmm. Ontario, we were we're still kind of coming out of a lockdown, but we're all right. working from home. But it was like whatever you're going through on top, add to that isolation, which I, like I got a podcast where I'm able to talk to, like I'm talking to you right now. Right. We're literally, I get it, it's a powerlifting podcast, but we're talking about our feelings and what we're dealing right. with, like. People understand that when they go into King of Lifts, like we get into some deep topics, but you know, this helped huge, the podcast talking to people, but there are other people who don't have that. They, when they, and it's weird how the interaction I would have just going into the office and talking to people, like it's the little things where you're not alone. You see your boy from work or, you know, your friends mm -hmm. from work and you just shoot the shit. And, um, you, everyone's got work friends and friends mm -hmm. you see, like, if you can't gather, you can't go to their houses, you can't, you know, go out for a coffee because all of our coffee shops are closed down. You don't see anybody from work. So even if you talk here and there, it's not like, it's weird when you feel isolated, isolated is a yeah. weird thing. Now add to that life comes at that point. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes tougher to deal with a lot of things, man. Yeah. That's Makes why sense. a lot of people probably felt it that way. Of course. And, you know, I never want to downplay anybody else's situation because, you know, I can say my situation's bad. I'm not going to ever say that my situation's worse than anybody else's. Um, but I just, I do want people to get to a point where they are comfortable, not per se to speak to me, but to speak to somebody in case they are kind of feeling a little bit low. Like my therapist rules. She's, <laughs> you know, she, she does a really good job. Um, I speak to her like almost weekly. So, um, it's one of those things where she just in this ice in an isolated time, you know, it's, it's good to have that outlet to be able to speak to somebody like that. So 100%, I, I swear to God, if, um, I know dudes are bad for talking, but it's huge to be able to talk to somebody And and also talking about, um, so recently Russell was on the podcast and um, he had mentioned this kind of, this is a storyline that somewhat blew up, but Johnny Candido changed his profile to Sean is going to beat Russ. That right? was so lame. You know what, Ryan? <laughs> I say this all the time. Men are more dramatic than women. In <laughs> like you, there could be a reality TV show solely based off of men's reactions. To things. <laughs> like I didn't know anything about the whole Johnny thing until I listened to it on the podcast. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I am like not the biggest social media person, like on YouTube, anything like that. So I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> it's probably healthier that you weren't too much watching. Here's the thing. Like, so I think though, so the way Russell was talking about it, like he was laughing at the time on the podcast. So he's not like enraged in like walking around. Like I I'm enraged. But um, he, he, this is what I'll, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. You, you might have a different take, but um, he was saying when, in prep at one point, him, Taylor and Jonathan uh, Kaiko were like, fuck man, I'm super duper irritable. I, I reshared it in, in the King of shares. Oh yeah. Me and Russ talked about it. <laughs> right. And he's like, I am not like, it's tough. I'm not, you know, I just get this way. People come, he's talking about in that, in that actual podcast, um, another YouTuber, I think his name is Bart. I'm not a big YouTube guy either. I'm more of a podcast yeah. <laughs> guy, but came in and um, he told me, he goes, Hey, um, I'm a little irritable. It's not you. It's, you know, whatever, but I'm, I'm going to be a little quiet. You know, I got my headphones on and we'll talk after I'm done working out. And he's, this is the way he is. Right. 
So when he saw the Johnny can like it's during that state mm -hmm. of mind, he saw the Johnny Candido thing. And it's then that he's like, all right, man, like it doesn't take much. I'm already irritable. Yeah. I see this shit. And I'm like, you try, you're trying to jump in and get a little, like, obviously I'm a social media guy and I hype things up. So yeah. I didn't take, I didn't take no offense, but he's like, at the moment, this is how I felt. Now he's laughing about it when he's saying it. Like he's not walking around in rage, taking a shirt off, punching holes in walls. Now he wasn't then either, but he saw it and he's like, I got fucking mad. And, uh, he was saying, say podcast, I probably could get mad at somebody for trying to cut in when I'm squatting. I'm irritable. So he's like, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, I probably still would prefer he stayed out of it, but I'm not enraged. But at the point when I first saw it, I was fucking mad. It was just lame. <laughs> Which one? Which one? It was just lame to see like that he made his profile picture that and then like when Russ won he changed it I was like <laughs> what but my thing has always been you know um because I know that laugh that Russ is talking about it's like one of those like really <laughs> <laughs> why is this you know it's one of those um to where you have certain people that crack seeing things like that and then you have people that see things like that and they're like, well, you're just fueling the fire now. Like you're only hurting the situation. Like I'm that type of person. You know, I had someone come at me and I'm like, who is this? I don't even know who the person was. I don't even know the name. So I went to their profile and I saw what they did. It was like, it's always lame. It's never anything that's all like, oh. and what made it lame was you're coming at me when I total like 60 kilos over you. Like you had me thinking like we close or something. <laughs> you're like, did you slip under my radar? <laughs> so I'm like, this is, this is just not, this is not for me. It wasn't one of those where, you know, we're in peak week. I'm irritable. I'm always that. Like someone can always get the business if they want it. But I just like some things like that. I'm like, why? Why did you go out your way to do this? Yeah. But there are people like they they will crack under pressure seeing things like that. Um, and I think it just those people try to figure out are those the type of people that will crack under pressure. I. I I do think, um, for sure, probably Johnny was thinking, yeah, raise, raise the pressure a little bit. Let's see what happens. Also, he is a social media guy. It got tons of talk. Mm -hmm. It got tons of, so he's like at, at, at best, because, uh, I think Sean's like one of his best friends at best. I help Sean out at worst. Um, I, if he's not strong enough, he's not going to win, but I am going to get a lot of people talking and Johnny knows how to do that. So he's like, fuck it. A lot of people, it became a, it became a storyline and he, Russ was like, I prefer you don't interject yourself into the storyline, uh, because now you're part of the storyline. That's where Russ was like, yeah, for sure. I feel like it's self-serving where the, there's one thing helping hype something. There's another thing yeah. injecting yourself into it. So that's where Russ is like, uh, cause I was of the nature. Well, yeah. I do this kind of thing, hyping up showdowns. And he was kind of like. Not quite the same though, because we're not talking about six pack Lapidat when it's me versus Sean. We're talking yeah. about, you know, so that's where I think he thought, 
ah, it felt a little self-serving to me, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. I must've been somewhere out of my business that whole time. (laughs) I I never saw anything. (laughs) I, I, you know, I wasn't overly, to be clear, I wasn't overly like, felt any two ways about it. I respect how Russ feels about it, but I also am not like, holy shit, I can't believe Candido either. I'm more neutral on it. But I think, but having said that, so I I have at least a level-headedness enough to be like, even if I don't feel the same way Russ did about it, or I can't picture myself in Russ's shoes feeling that way, when he says it, I can be like, got you. Even if I don't think I'd be the same, I can respect how you feel about it because, yeah. because I, I don't walk in your shoes. Just like you were saying, your whole story going into U.S. Raw Nats, if someone hit you on the wrong day, when you're going through all that shit, and Russ isn't no, the type of guy. No, no. no. See, right? Between me and Russ, I'd probably end up swinging on something. <laughs> so, so, like, like and Russ is a private guy. He doesn't say, like, just because Russ is yeah. private and smiles a lot, people assume Russ's life is, mm-hmm. everybody's life has got shit. He yeah. just, he just, so, um, that's why. So when I posted the a clip of that podcast, the King of comments, some dude hopped in there and was like, he's so Russ is so sensitive slash weak. Um, you better hope you don't end up like in the military or some shit you couldn't deal with. And I was like, my friend, it's not like Russ fell apart. He just was honest, which most people aren't. And this is why people aren't honest. Yeah. It, this is why most men are like, I can't be honest. Russ didn't fall apart. He goes, in the moment, I felt bad. I called a friend who was Joey, vented, got to work, and fucking won, and we're all good. And that's all he said. And people are like, you're weak. You're sensitive. He has, he, he got what does mad. the military have to do with anything? Like, why was that even brought up? <laughs> he was only trying to. Russ probably makes more than somebody that in the military. Right. I I think the guy was trying to say, he was trying to devalue Russ's uh, feelings, like take away how he felt in the moment by being like, you don't have a right to feel um, anxious about this because it's so minimal. He was trying to minimize his feelings. You know, people do that. They're like, you think you're you're in a pressure cooker situation. There are people dealing with way worse. So you should feel bad about how you felt. That's what people do sometimes. They're like, oh, you think you have it bad? take a look at this person. It's like, well, you could do that to everybody. Some people are- You really can. Yeah, like that's a shitty thing to do. I'm like, that's why people don't get come out honest about their feelings because they think I'm going to look, someone's just going to throw it in my face like you don't have it as bad as you're pretending. It's like, well, thank you. I'm just trying to be honest and talk about shit. Yeah. I got to ask the question. I'm not saying I'm, I'm fighting wars or I'm losing friends mm-hmm. or I got people who are sick in my life. I'm just saying- this is how I felt. So this is why people stop talking. Now Russ will go back into pull back and be like, all right, I can't be honest. It's like, fuck guys. People don't like honesty. Uh, that, you're you're right. It, if you're honest. It's true, man. It's <laughs> like, you're right. We say, we talk about honesty. And then when someone's like, yeah, in a moment I was mad and he's laughing about what he's talking about. They're like, no, you're weak then. It's like, well, fuck. No, I'm just like, I said what I said. You know, people don't like honesty. And I'm just sitting here like, Listen, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It it is what it is. You know, um, Russ had the right to be upset. That weird guy in the comments, like, (laughs) relax. It's not serious. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, you know, people feel like they can say anything. But the moment you say something back to them, oh, you're mean. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Like, 
did you not expect me? You just expect me to be quiet. So, oh, you can say whatever you want to them. They won't say anything back because they don't want social media to see. Listen, social media knows I'm outspoken. Social media knows I can be an asshole. You think I want to change? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like I'm the same way on social media that I am in person. You know, if you ask me why I think your squat sucks, I'm probably going to tell you. Okay? <laughs> it's like taking every bit of me not to throw shade right now because I don't, I don't even want to hear that. Like, yeah. oh, Heather, why'd you say that? Well, I calls it like I see it. <laughs> why, why do you fail your deadlifts at competition? Well, why do you use straps all training? You know? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, that don't make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I agree. Social media is a lot of people that don't expect any kind of pushback, or maybe they think um, if they know all about you, like Heather, like they could follow you and see all about you, but you don't know them because they might be on a, a private account, et cetera. So mm -hmm. your fire back is going to be whatever, but they know a lot about you so they can fire at you. But um, they know what they want to know about me. Right. Well, exactly. This is another thing that people don't, <laughs> you know, they know they want to know, you know, I give people just enough information yeah. half the time. You know, I had somebody the other, well, this was a few years ago. They're like, oh, her weight cut must've went great. <laughs> Dude, I, what are you talking about a weight cut? But people see this and they're like, oh, Heather did a weight cut. Yeah. No, no, that, that wasn't the case. But I mean, that's, that's the internet for you. You know, they could say, my dog is a German shepherd. She's literally like a sausage, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I, I take everything with a grain of salt because most of the people on the internet want to know who I am, but they only know who I choose to show on there. They do act at times familiar. Like they, I know what you mean where they, uh, they act like they know you and to an extent they know, they know more about you than, you know, maybe some other people on the internet or, and for everybody, once you start getting a profile and you start sharing, but they sometimes do feel like they know more than they, you know, they think they know more than they do. And, and I'm the bad guy. If I say, well, that's not right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they get a little too familiar. And um, sometimes like in the position as well, like if I say certain things or whatever, someone doesn't like things that I said, but it's all sports related. That's why I like about King of Lists where my personal life, I've, I could keep it somewhat separate, but sometimes they attribute things to you or make assumptions about you. And um, it's like, man, this isn't necessarily the way it is. And they could talk about you and you're like, mm -hmm. do I keep it moving? Do I try to debunk this? If I'm explaining, am I losing? Like, you know, the old expression, when you're explaining, you're losing, keep moving past it. Yeah. Don't bother. Like, if you want to say, I mean, there was like one of like, oh, she pulls sumo because she's short. No, but if that's what you want to say. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, I pick and choose who I want to say. Like, if you start to try to dig into like personal things, I'll set you straight real quick every single time. Because, boundaries. You know, yeah, there's boundaries. You have to have those boundaries because the second you allow one person to do it, it's like the floodgates open and they test those boundaries because they want to see how far they can get with you. Right. Yeah, I'm just, now I'll say that, like, I'll tell you how it is, but some things are worth my time and some are not. Like, if you want to believe my dog is anything other than a complete angel, okay, you're wrong. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think um, boundaries is something that, like, I learned early in life, too. Like, it's funny when you were saying uh, some people say something and they don't think something back might come like before social media, I'm older, but, um, 
I remember at one point there was a dude I didn't like. So I fucking clapped at him at something that I knew would bother him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect the punch back. And guess what? He didn't like me either and was waiting. He had one in the chamber that he'd been sitting on. Yeah. So when I clapped, he clapped and we both got our feelings hurt. And then I had that valuation of, fuck me, I'm the one who opened the door on this though. Yeah. So when I'm taking the bus home from school, I'm like, all right, you know what? Boundaries, bro. Because if I go there, someone else can go there. So now in life, like later in life, when uh, you set boundaries to people, when people start pushing certain situations, you either just, you don't have to like clap back, but you can just not acknowledge, keep it moving and just establish, I'm not getting in here because you're going past sports or you're going past whatever. Yeah. There's a boundary. Don't ask yeah. me about this. Don't ask me about that. Don't worry about it. And if some, there are people who push certain boundaries and you're like, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing, man. But, um, I, and I may not clap at you because you're going to clap back. It's going to get fucking ugly. And I don't want to do that. So I'll just keep it moving. You know, the delete. I'll just respond like, okay, or LOL. <laughs> or the one of, a good one is just that delete the comment situation. He, the, the tough thing with King of Lifts, I wish I had more time to monitor the comments. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, because um, I post a lot, and then if I'm not posting, mm-hmm. I could be doing podcasts or whatever the shit with my job. So, um, but if someone ever sees a rough comment, some people will screenshot, send it to me, like, let me know. It helps me there, you know, because yeah. I didn't, it's not that I saw it, didn't care, and I want to leave it. Right, for sure. More, um, and I'm just like, oh, and people might think, oh, Ryan doesn't care. No, yeah. I do. I just might not have saw it. So if someone ever sees it, screenshot it, let me know what, what, what thread is this? That dude or girl is get comment deleted and or blocked. And it's yeah. that, you know, because if it's well, sports, you don't want anybody, like you don't know anybody's like situation, you don't know what's going to send them over the edge. So, yeah. you know, this is a person trying to live their life. They get reposted on King of the Lifts. I mean, oh my gosh, the sports center post. That girl was 14 years old. And you have people just going on and on about her art. Really? I didn't see, tell me about this. I didn't, oh I didn't know. Oh my gosh. I, I want to say it was sports center. So she was at like a, a powerlifting competition. She was bitching. And I mean, it was impressive, like 14, maybe 200 something pounds. And all the comments were just, negative negative oh because they saw the art instead of just doing a simple google search people were just derailing like this 14 year old girl <laughs> yeah. 14 she doesn't leave her alone like if you don't like it just scroll past it but to come at somebody who legally you shouldn't even be coming at right now like that is a child yeah you know what what is your standard of self-worth where you say, you know what, I probably shouldn't say anything. You know, obviously it's not a eight-year, like you made a post like, hey, there's some hitching, just tap your hat. Yes, I try to mitigate and be like, listen, she's 17, don't. Like, ruin her fucking day. (laughs) Morally, you shouldn't have to say, that's the problem. That is the problem. You shouldn't have to say that because people should be like, you know what? Yeah, she's 17. Yeah, she's 14. Let me just leave her alone. But somewhere in people's minds, because they are hidden behind a screen, typically are private, they feel like they can say whatever they want to and there's no repercussions. But the person that is you know, in this video, just trying to do their best, they do read all these comments. 
they mm-hmm. do see all the negativity and you don't know what that's doing to them. You don't know. I mean, they could see these comments and not everyone to lived again. They could just think so down on themselves, but you know, it's, when do you draw the line on being a shit person? <laughs> you know, <laughs> can you imagine me 14 years old and it could be the best day at sports center repost you're it, when you're 14 in sports center repost, every fucking family member is going to go there and watch yeah. it. Every friend. And you're so over the top proud. Now picture 14 years old, every family member, every friend in the comments are roasting you and the best of your life becomes a fucking public roasting with yeah. adults adults flaming you and you're like you got to go upstairs from the basement see your mom and dad knowing they're reading the comments you getting roasted how you how big do you feel then and then you like all your friends when you go to school you know and you're like fuck and you're gonna get 10 good comments you get one comment she she i i I don't necessarily know this post but you get comments like it could be a child and they're like what is that a body weight lift and i'm like that person's 14 asshole like really man and I've, or I've, I've told people like, or they, they'll call someone a hoe, straight up a hoe because of the way a girl dresses. I'm like, that's a fucking 20 year old girl who's just, fuck it. Like, why, why dude? Like, like, I, I'm like, explain to me why, so I don't block you. Where are you coming at? Did you, do you so know this girl? Is this, this. <laughs> do you know this girl personally? Is this a joke between you two and she don't give a shit mm-hmm. because you're about to get blocked, man. Why dog? Like explain to me what, what was the necessary to do that? It's, it's tough. It's freaking yeah, it's tough. Good. Social media. They don't, you know, I know that for the longest, like Kate Cohen, she has a very unique setup, but she, her insecurity and her setup came out because of all the negative comments. Like, instead of just seeing the weight that she was pulling, Mm. that's what you're focusing on. Like, celebrate her. She's doing something great. She's almost doing four times her body weight. Yeah. Which, like, that is something to be celebrated, but you're you're focused on her setup. (laughs) Yeah, I would have to trim her video to take off her setup sometimes um, just because it'd be too much of a focus. Like, some guys, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be like, uh, like, it, it depends, like, it's tough, man. It's one of those deals where, uh, or if I trim the video, people are like, oh, you trim the video. And it becomes like, ah, do I, but I want to celebrate her because she's got like a phenomenal yeah, lift, she's, right? she's strong. And I think people want to find something to just bitch about. Yeah. Like instead of just focusing on the lift, they want to just take like, oh, what can I pinpoint on this one? So you trimming that video probably really set them over the edge. Well, <laughs> It did, unfortunately. I thought she messaged me and she's like, I see you're trying to big brother me here and protect me, but um, by trimming my videos, I appreciate that. Then I go to the comments and like you said, it's like, ah, fuck, but it didn't work. Well, and, <laughs> you know, I saw uh, a lot on, um, you know, people were wondering why USA Powerlifting cut off the comments uh, for their live stream. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 2019, when I was commentating, People, when they found out it was me, I mean, some disgusting comments were coming in. Mm. I mean, sexual comments, like all of it to where like, I think this man almost broke his leg to get backstage. He was like, I'll turn off the comments right now. I'll I'll turn them off. I said, you can turn them off, but I'm going to be honest with you. They're still going to say them, whether it be on this live stream or in my DMs, on my posts, you ain't stopping them. 
Mm-hmm. But you can protect family members from seeing stuff like that. I'm glad they turned off the comments because people are nasty. Like it's, let families enjoy watching, you know, whoever compete without it just being like, oh, she's fucking hot. I would love to blah, blah. like what? Yeah. <laughs> this is a live stream. It, but, I know um, it, it's weird how like when you said family seat, that's what would hurt me more is like. So, and that's what I take into account when I think about other people like yourself or, or Kate or, or any 14 year olds or whatever is like, um, some, these people have mothers, fathers, brothers, the whole nine. Some people have kids who, who, who are going to come around. And it's like, I feel like if you, if someone attacks me, it's just me. It's one thing. If someone were to attack me with comments for some reason, even though, even if they just attacked me, if I knew my mom, my dad or whatever saw the comment, mm-hmm then all of a sudden it hurts me to be like, yeah, I'm sorry you had to see that, but some people will come at me like that. That would be a tough conversation to have. Or I'm a guy, so things don't you tend to get sexual on yeah. me. But I can only imagine if I was a girl, if people got sexual on me in comments, mm-hmm. and then I had to look at my dad, look at my mom, and be like, yeah, unfortunately, people sometimes come at me like that. Yeah. That would fucking break my heart. <laughs> you know, That's what I think about when I post, and I'm like, that's one of the hardest things with King of Lifts is like, I put people out there to get some shine, but unfortunately I also put them in a situation where when I got quarter of a million people following King of Lifts, I'm going to have some shitheads and I'm also putting yeah. you out there. And I feel sometimes like, damn it, man, I feel bad. That's when I'm like, damn it, dude, you know, Oh, it's going to happen regardless, but I mean, good for you for trying to make sure that you are able to keep some kind of control over those comments. It's not going to be perfect, but you're doing your best, you know? But it's a shitty that it happens. Yeah. I, you're right. It's not King of Lips. It's everywhere. Like you're yeah. 100% right. If it's it's a live stream, it's a, I mean, I heard, I'm not a video game person, but I heard if you play video games and you're a girl and they hear a girl's voiceover, they're coming for you. It's like, people are just. Like, oh my gosh. I was talking to somebody on that game. They turned me into a motherfucking sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, what do I do? But it was, I, I probably said some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I probably said some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, let's go back to uh, the Nats because I do want to talk about it. I love when we get in discussions though, when we go in deep. Um, <laughs> but for the Nats, did you, was it your goal to hit and break the, like hit 408 and break that record in the 47 kilo? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I said that in 2019. I told, when we were doing our interviews for Sheffield, I said, I'm so close to having that world record total. Like I can feel it. It's going to be mine. I just had to put myself in a position to be able to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was crunching numbers all during training. Like what am I going to have to hit? And Sure enough, the second deadlift on, you know, after missing a bench, you know, I was still able to get that 408. So it worked out. I mean, that was always a plan. Even with everything like health-wise and the personal life and everything going into it, did you ever have a moment of, fuck, maybe it's not this one? Mm -mm. Really? No, I don't talk to myself like that. (laughs) No shit, that's strong. I'm going to post and be like, well, I'm getting ready to win my... Uh, third world championship. I'm, do I know it makes people mad to see stuff like that? Absolutely. But 
that's where my confidence is. I will never like second guess myself and my ability to do something. Now, if I am just like throwing up sick, doing this and doing that, maybe I'll adjust. I think people forget that they can adjust, (laughs) you know? Um, But even like, it's just, even with everything going on, I knew I was still gonna be able to do what I was set out to do. It was never hindering that. I just had to do it. Is there something about everything that's going on in your life that you don't have control over? and that's tough. That's what creates anxiety. That's what creates, but one thing you can control is your effort. You can control if you show up, you control your goals. And when you show up on that day, you're like, this is mine though. This is in my hands. Literally the bar is in my hands. And does that help to have that where you're like, I, can, I do have this though. You can't fucking, you can't take this from me. You know, I'm going to show up. You can't take my confidence from me. You cannot take my strength away from me. You can't take my mindset away from me. Mm. You know, um, I said it a few times at nationals. I'm only focusing on my cans. What the fuck can I do if I focus on the cans, bring mm. myself down a little bit? Like it's, it's just dwelling at that point. Like I know what I can do. I know what I uh, can accomplish. And I'm, I'm just going to do it. You know, it's, um, yes, the personal things were very heavy, but I can call my, nobody is stopping me from calling my mother, Mm. not nobody. (laughs) Like I had, it was before deadlifts and I ran out into the lobby area and, um, I just, I called my mom. I was like updating her, um, you know, and I, and I knew that she would probably forget within a few hours, but I wasn't going to focus on that. I was focusing on just letting her live in that moment at that time, you know, and same thing after deadlifts, I called her, I did this. And I just, I wanted to make sure that even in the worst of situations, I can make sure that she is there with me in the best way that she can be, you know, people, who focus on the cans, it does bring a lot of anxiety. It does bring a lot of stress and it does affect their performance. Mm-hmm. You think my mom's going to be like, oh yeah, dwell on me. She'd probably be like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you yeah. know? Like she's one of those, she knows her situation, but she's still witty. She's still sarcastic. And she's still like, even with me reminding her daily that I'm competing, she's still going to tell me to do my best every single day. Like I can do this and I'm going to do it. I'm going to win worlds because I know again. <laughs> it, there is something beautiful about um, like what you said about like, just live in the moment. Whether, yeah, but in three hours, she might not remember. On the phone call right there, you're talking to her presently. She's happy. You're going back and forth. Mom, I did this. Oh, congrats. Like you have that. Don't worry about three hours. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything because in three hours, no, but right here, right now, you have this fucking moment and then you're going to go back, like just live in the moment. I fell victim to it. When everything first happened to her, I lived in the what ifs. I lived in the, you just, I mean, I was self-sabotaging myself and it was the worst. I couldn't even go to train without crying. I just wanted to call her. I just wanted to make sure she was okay. She had everything she needed. Her doctor's appointments, physical. I mean, this woman couldn't even walk, 
you know, and it's at a point where I can't even go see her. So what can I do? You know, I can call her every single day. I can make her feel good. And, you know, when she was in the hospital where they hadn't gone to lockdown or anything yet, um, she just, I was like, how can I make sure that she remembers that I was even there? And I gave her like a little bracelet and everything so she could see it and say, oh, Heather was here. But, you know, again, like I, it's, it's routine for me before that. I mean, every world's, every nationals, I'm calling her. She's telling me that I'm going to do great. She's, she's watching the live stream, whether it's at work or at home at like three o'clock in the morning. Hmm. And she's just telling me like, I'm going to do great. She's already proud of me. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. She's already proud hmm. of me. So then at the end of the deadlifts, like I call her and she's like jumping up and down screaming. She's happy. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, this is getting taken away from me. And that's what was like ruining me. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't have that. So I had to figure out what I did have. And it was just being able to be present with her. She might not be jumping up and down screaming, but there's always going to be that one thing that tells her, oh, you know what? She, she told me she was competing. I'm proud of you. You're going to do great. And then she'll probably I could call her right now she'd be like how's Daytona <laughs> but you get to relive the win all over again yeah, Guess what? I, I get to relive it and, you know so these pictures like I get to show her and these videos like she just she loves it she loves it and um you know I look forward to being able to spend more of that time it might be new it might just not be the same like it was years before, but she's still going to be part of it. Um, and I mean, she, I told her after I won nationals, she's like, well, are you going to win worlds? So I was like, of course I am. <laughs> like, Ma, come on. Don't we always do it like we do? <laughs> you like, you forget a lot, but you don't, you don't forget that. I'm a winner, baby. Mama raised the winner. Um, it's, it's, when you said about like your mom, she's going to be proud of me no matter what. It's true about moms were like, mom, a mom is like a special situation in anybody's life in terms of unconditional mm -hmm. where like you see social media one day you're hot, the other day you're not. They build you up to knock you down, whatever the shit. And people come and go in your life, but a mom is like, doesn't fucking mom. matter. <laughs> moms will be like you see i mean this is an extreme case but you see serial killers who are in court and the mom's like i don't believe a goddamn word everyone's saying about him he he you know this is moms are so unconditional to a fault like god bless them they're angels in your life so yeah um when you you got to learn to appreciate these things while you have them right yeah yeah and that's pretty. how i want people to know just like stop worrying you know just live and focus on what you can focus on. The other is not going to do good for you. When you hit that 408, made powerlifting history, um, a long-standing record, and a, a record that was held by one of the goats of powerlifting, one of the goats of strength sports, period. Yeah, I was going to say period, yeah. Yeah, just period, <laughs> you know, let alone powerlifting. You know, how did it feel afterwards? Like, were you celebrating? Were you like, all right, there's a milestone I had been chasing for years and now it's mine. What did it feel like? Or, yeah. 
I'll let you go. Uh, I focused on the third lift. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but I missed one. God damn it. <laughs> I'll celebrate afterwards. Um, I knew that that was there and I had Pete uh, backstage. He's like, you just broke the uh, world record total. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> that third lift coming up. So, yeah. um, you know, I could just make it even more aggressive had I gotten that third attempt. But, um, you know, I didn't want to celebrate too early. You know, I just, I wanted to make sure like how this third attempt was going to go. But regardless, I knew I had that, uh, that win. I knew I had that unofficial world record. And it, it feels, you know, because it was a longstanding record. It was from Wailing Chin, like yeah. phenomenal in raw, equipped, weightlifting. Like she is just an all round great athlete. So to be able to compare my strength to hers and be able to get this, like that is, it's almost overwhelming to the point where it's, I don't believe it. To, to have your name up there with some, like an icon of strength sports like that, and um, and now she like obviously she's gonna know who you were previously anyways, but you can't mention her name without mentioning your name, and you've been chasing it. Did it feel like you thought it would feel like like obviously the you still had work to do with the next deadlift, but when all was said and done, you got to relax a minute. Was it satisfaction? Because I'll read you a quote. I fucking love some of your quotes and your captions. <laughs> you said so back in 2019. I told Pete Spence that it was so close to taking this world record total that I could taste it. And oh, I love yeah. the food analogies. And then you said, uh, so this is 2019. And then you finished off with, obviously you hit it, spoiler alert. And you said, a bitch still hungry. And baby, I like, and, and baby, I like to eat. <laughs> and I was like, fucking captions are so on point. So you started it with, it's so close I could taste it. Mm -hmm. But then just let everybody know, a bitch still hungry and baby, I like to eat. And it's like, fuck yeah. So you hit it, appreciate it. Been dealing with this for a while, like hunting it down for a while. But we, we, now we recalibrate. You know, we, we got new goals. We're going to keep pushing. Got new goals. You can't just settle. You can't just get this for it and be like, well, that's it. Yeah. No. If I go nine for nine, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> World record total is just done with at that point. So... You know, I can say that. I can I can confidently say I'm going to get the world record total in Sweden. And I'm confidently saying that I'm also going to win best overall female lifter. You can go ahead and jump. Oh, shit. That's the big one. That's That would be absolutely massive uh, to unseat Amanda Lawrence and take the best lifter. You're only about a point. Yeah, it's tight. It's tight. Um, and is so, so a couple goals, cause that's where I was heading anyway. So let's talk about it. So obviously in the worlds, I don't see any 47s, but people do emerge out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, if it's powerlifting, people come out of who the hell is that? Where did they come from? Happens all the time. Um, and the funny thing is in certain sections of the world, they're not big on social media and they also don't post the results. Mm -hmm. So open powerlifting doesn't have them. Like you're talking like Ukraine, Russia, powerlifting nations that just the Eastern Bloc, they just don't post them. So people do creep out of nowhere, but more than likely you're a heavy favorite for 47 anyways. But a couple things, the 200 kilo, the lightest ever to pull 200 kilo is huge. 
Um, and that's a nice little milestone to add in the best lifter with the Mandalorians. And it's, I actually had a Mandalorians on. I haven't dropped the podcast yet, but I, I will. And we talked about it and she's like, I, 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 we were talking about how it's funny how you guys are like on opposite ends in terms of weight classes, the whole nine, but you guys are each other's rivals right now. You're both in the same spot where you're looking at her. She's looking at you like, well, this is the way it goes now. She gets to go last though. She gets to see. And that's what I've always said. You know, I got to make sure that, you know, cause she is strong. She's oh, very yeah. strong. I don't want to take, I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I'm saying. Yeah. Very strong. Um, but she does have that advantage. However, I'm just going to make that advantage really hard for her. <laughs> I love the, I love how you approach it when somebody's like, yeah, but she can see whatever you did and just chip it and be like, I'm gonna make it so fucking big, you you can't I'm chip it. It's very hard for her. That that's the goal. If just like how I treat these 47s, if you want to come after me, I'm gonna make it very difficult. Well, you know, it's hard to focus on 47s now. I got bigger fish now. It's an 84 kilo lifter. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I got bigger fish to fry than you 47s right now. You know, me and Amanda are cool, so I can say things like this. And she knows, like, I'm not trying to, like, uh, deliberately say or do anything that would hurt her, you know. But um, because we do talk off and on. um, But, I mean, it's no secret. She, If she wants to stay at the top of that, she knows I'm coming after it, so... It's in that is what like healthy sport is, is Mm -hmm. being like competitive and a sporting rival. But in real life, you're like, Hey, look, in real life, I like you. You're fine. And and we can hang out. But when we hit the person, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we're going to war. Like, it's not, I'm not going to war. I'm just going to Sweden. Um, you know, be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like some people take it way too seriously at the end of the day, whatever happens happens. But, um, what I'm saying right now is I want to win. What are some of the goals? Like, because obviously you are so dominant in the 47s. Um, what are some of the goals you want to hit? And how long do you think, do you see yourself maintaining this level of motivation and just, you know, racking up the wins of 47? Because moving to 52 would be, you don't even fill out 47. So you're probably not shifting a weight class. Um, so w- w- what do you think when you look ahead? Um, I always want to try to do my best to improve um, as far as like increasing each lift in some form. Um, I do want that 200 kilos on the platform. Hmm. Um you know, I won't be 75 kilo bench, which that could have been a thing at nationals, but, um, our plan kind of readjusted during that time. Um, I'm more so of a bencher who I can take from first to second, I can take a light jump and I'm more comfortable taking a bigger jump from second to third attempt. Like had it been 154, 165, it would have been there. Cause that's how I train. But because it was like 159 or it went from like 148 to 159, I'm gassed. Mm. 165 <laughs> happened. So I do better doing bigger jumps on the third attempt um, for bench. Uh, squats, I just, I think that's going to increase around like 319, maybe 320, 
five-ish range. I know it's there. Um, but now that I know where it's going to be at, I've competed in Sweden before and I have my body adjust. I probably will uh, do my best to make sure I get out a little bit prior than two days so I can give my body exactly what it needs. And that is that rest and relaxation so I can hit those goals. I mean, I showed up like five days out from nationals. Just, yeah. It, it's sure I was good. Jet lag is real, time zone changing. Um, it affects the body. They've done like research on it where for every time zone you move over, um, you, it takes a day to adjust. Yeah. So if you're several time zones, it's several days. And some people just show up kind of, if, if you don't know experience, gives you like things in life. So as you do these experience, like you said, you've been to Sweden, you're like, all right, well, I found out. You know, like you could will your path way past a few things, but sometimes the body just doesn't show, even yeah. though the heart does. So you learn from it and you make adjustments. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that I'm good. You know, I don't care about my competition. I, <laughs> yeah. I care about me, you know, as long as I'm good, all straight. But um, I think leading into worlds, I'm really going to factor in that time zone difference and kind of train. Um, around it so like if I'm lifting at like eight o'clock in the morning like what time would that be over here you know would it be later in the evening to where okay should I adjust my sleeping schedule everything like that um but I do have goals for uh Sweden of course finalizing that world record total matching my American record with at least my world record it's so significant like the difference in the deadlift world record and my American record is just, it's like 391. Yeah. Like I'm sick of looking at that number. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what some people may not understand is um, like, even for nationals, cause you got to punch your ticket for worlds, but yeah. you, you have to play to win. So you solidify the win. And then if you could do that by the second dead, the third dead, you could YOLO. And if you hit the third dead, it's good, but it's like a, it's how the it's how the game plays out where some people like it's not like a local meet where you just go nine for nine and PR. You have to win it. And then after you win it, you have one shot. If the one shot doesn't go, then you fall back to your second dead. And maybe yeah. that wasn't the world record. Like there's factors that people don't get if they. Yeah, and the thing at Worlds is they want to solidify the win first. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. 15 kilos under your best, you know? Yeah. But I'm trying to be able to make sure I'm performing my best to where we don't have to just pull for the win. You yeah. Know? You got to, you, you got to win on your second mm -hmm. and then look around like, all right, it's over. I won on my second deadlift, which is the world championships. It's hard to do to yeah. win with eight attempts and have a freebie nine. You'll see it every now and then. Yeah. Um, so if you could do that, then you're like, okay, dude, I buy a freebie. Let's play, yeah. you know, let's, let's play around a little bit, but I mean, end of the day, we'll see how it all goes down. Um, sure. I appreciate your time, but I got, I took a good 90 minutes off you, but, uh, in Sweden, I mean, I'm talking about Sweden. I'm so freaking pumped because we already been to Sweden and I can't wait to be there. See everybody all over again. Yeah. Like I haven't been to a powerlifting competition in, in two years since Sweden. I haven't been That's to one yet. Time. It is so long when we're actually in the arena and like you see people you haven't seen and you're like, oh my God, it's about to happen. And you know, you're in the warm up room and you see people from all over the world hitting weights, warming up, going into the booth and the producer's like, 
five, four, and then he fingers three, yeah. two, one, and then it's live from Sweden. Like, I can't wait to do this. I get freaking jazzed up thinking about it. But um, having said all that, uh, I have one last question, but first we'll get this out the way. All right. Is there anybody you want to thank uh, while, while I have, we have you? Of course, I want to thank my coach, Colin Whitney, for being able to get me here. Beautiful. You know, of course, uh, everybody that does support me, all the fans. And I mean, I'll even throw a little shout out to the haters because <laughs> they, keep me, they keep me young. So. <laughs> they keep me young. Um, and do you do, do you do coaching? Are you taking uh, online clients or anything or no? Just, just teaching. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, so last question, what is your message to the rest of the 47s who are going to be showing up at Sweden? I can't wait to see who plays second. <laughs> oh, shit. There it is. That was so money. I wanted a soundbite and you gave it to me. Thank you, Heather. Um, I hesitated to say it because I'm like, whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it on my mind. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Much appreciated. Uh, we'll keep in touch. Uh, we'll probably be talking in DMs before then, but I'll talk to you in Sweden. Good luck. All right, I'll see you soon. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye.